I'm so excited about Alpha that's launching at the end of this month. And some of you might say, well, what is Alpha? Alpha is uh, it's a nine-week class where you learn about Christianity, where you learn about Jesus, you learn about church, you learn about community, and there's so many things. And, and Alpha's a great pl- place for you to go to if you're kind of new to Christianity, or maybe you're still seeking and you want to know more about those, then Alpha is for you. And Pastor Jan and the team are going to be running that. Actually, after service, if you want to know more, I have more questions or need some more information, uh, Pastor Jan and the team will be over as you step through the doors to uh, there's an area of tables, used to be the Make a Difference Center, and uh, there's a team there that, that'll be there to help you. In fact, if you're looking for a group here at Mountain Park Church, you're looking for a Bible study, you're, you're a man that's looking for a Bible study, we've got groups for you. You're a woman, lady, looking for lady study, we've got a group for you. Couples, uh, we've got Marriage Mondays coming, uh, we've got Hope. There's so many groups here at Mountain Park, and we really believe that you're better when you jump into a group. You know, on Sunday morning you come and you listen to this guy with an accent speak, and hopefully you get something when you leave here, but you know what, we don't get to have a conversation, and I know there's sometimes you walk away with questions, or, or you want to dig deeper, and, and, uh, and uh, in a, when you get into a group, you do life with others, you get to know people, you get to ask questions, you get to grow together, and you know, it's not just about you having to, to, to be there, others need you, and it's doing life together, and so I do want to encourage you, in fact, I want to challenge you to group up, to find a group, so after service, make sure you stop as you go through the doors to the left there. There's tables, there's leaders there. Would love to tell you more about the groups that we have here at Mountain Park Church. Well, last week uh, we kicked off a a new series, DNA, This Is Us, and we kind of looked at how Mountain Park with uh, Pastor Don Dome, Pastor Robin Wood, how how Mountain Park Church was birthed, and it's always good to know the beginning of a story. But today we're going to kind of shift, and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk more about who we are and where we're going and, and how the Lord's leading us. And so if you're new to Mountain Park, again, welcome, and this is a great time for you to attend and the next couple of weeks to get to know more about the church and more about this place we call home, we call family. And, and so we're so glad you're again online. I want to welcome those of you that have logged in as well. This week in, uh, in part two of DNA, This Is Us, I'm going to dive into a little bit about our vision and our mission, um, talk about the, what the Bible has to say about those things. But the title for today's message is this, All In. All In. You know, when I think about Jesus, one of the things I love about Jesus is that Jesus was all in. In fact, uh, we read, we'll pick up a verse in Scripture where Jesus has been arrested and he's before Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate has a great question for him in John chapter 18, verse 37. And Pilate said to him, are you a king then? You see, the Jews were looking for a king. They were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for a Savior. They were looking for all the prophecies of the Old Testament to be fulfilled in this Savior, in this King. And and Pilate was an educated man. He had heard about this. And and so he's hearing the rumblings about this Jesus who claimed to be the King, this Jesus who everybody was singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, this Jesus who said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, this, this Savior, this King. And so he says to him, he's alone, he says, Are you a king then? And listen to Jesus' response. And Jesus answered, You say rightly that I I am a king. For this cause I was born. For this cause I have come into the world. 
that I should be a witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Jesus was asked the question, are you the one? And Jesus' response is yes. For this cause, I was born. For this cause, I came. What is the cause? Why did Jesus come to the earth? Why did he step down from heaven and put on an earth suit and, and come in the form of a man? Why did Jesus do this? What was this cause? What was this mission? Well, all the way from Genesis and through the prophets, all the way to John 3.16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You see, the cause of Christ, the vision, the mission of Christ was to come into a fallen, broken world because of sin and, and the wickedness and the evil one. And, and, and sin held man captive in a sense. And Jesus came, and as Jesus' words, I came to set the captives free. I came to open the eyes of the blind that they may see. You see, Jesus came for a cause and the cause was to pay the price of the sin for you and for me. In fact, the book of Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, the wages or the penalty of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. This promise of life eternity that starts today, this relationship with God. You see, no man could ever have a relationship with God by himself because scripture says we've all sinned and missed the mark, the bullseye of God's glory. We've all sinned. There's not one in this room that can say, I didn't sin. Sin is, it's inside of us. No one taught you how to sin. They didn't teach you that in kindergarten. I hope they don't. My, my daughter just started kindergarten this week. <laughs> you might say, you're very happy today. Well, we made week one. I feel like we should get a trophy or something. <laughs> Some of your parents are laughing. You've been there, done it. <laughs> We're only doing it one. Thank you, Jesus. Only in one. One child. That's it. Praise Jesus. We made it. But there, no one taught us how to sin. Jeremiah says, our hearts are wicked. We can't repair them ourselves. See, God loved us so much. He loved humanity so much that he said it's not okay. And Jesus was born the king, the savior, the lamb that would take our place because Romans 6.23 says the penalty, the judgment for sin is death. The word death is eternal separation that we don't deserve heaven. We don't deserve forgiveness. We don't deserve to be children of God. No, what we deserve is to be for eternity separated from a holy God. It wasn't his fault. It was the sin of humanity. It's our fault. But the goodness and the grace of God, see, it's the goodness of God, the Bible says, that leads us to repentance. The goodness of God, that he would choose us. And the scripture says we didn't choose him, he chose us. It was his goodness, his love for us that he chose. And so Christ, what did Christ do? He came. To do what? To take our place because we deserve to die for sin. But he took our place on the cross and the sin, your sin, my sin, the sin of humanity was thrown upon him. And so he paid the price for sin, but he rose on the third day that we might have life, new life, forgiveness, that sin no longer has a hold or a power. And one day when we stand before God in heaven and the accuser of the brethren, the devil points out all the mistakes we've made in life. Jesus will step up and say, yes, but I paid the price. I've paid the price for their sins. They're forgiven. They put their faith in what I did. They invited me into their life. 
It says sin can't condemn us. If you're a child of God, sin can't condemn us. He's set free. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. See, this is the cause that Christ came and he speaks about it. And Paul writes in Philippians chapter 1, verse 13, Paul's in prison and he says, so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the gods and to everyone else. Paul is saying, I'm in prison and the reason I'm in prison is the cause of Christ. He's saying this, I have picked up this cause. Christ came to earth on a cause and to die and pay the price, but it didn't stop there. This cause continues to go on. And Paul says, I have now picked it up and I'm going out with the cause of Christ that God loves this earth. God loves everyone. God wants everybody to come to salvation and forgiveness and freedom. And Paul says, I've picked up the cause of Christ. He writes in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first the Jews and then to the Gentiles. Paul writes and he says, I'm not ashamed of this cause of Christ. I'm not ashamed of what Christ came to do and what he did. In fact, I'm not ashamed. I, I need to tell everybody about what Jesus did because Jesus is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. Nobody comes to the Father. No one is restored into relationship with God without going through Jesus. And Paul says, I've picked up this cause. And he says, I need to, I'm not ashamed of it. Why? Because this message, this cause of Christ, it is what? It's the gospel. It is the power of salvation. See, you can never be good enough to earn heaven. You can never be religious enough. You can know the theology and doctrine back and forth and write so many papers and still miss the mark. See, there's only one way. It's Jesus. And so Jesus died on the cross and paid the price for our sins, that sin would have no hold. And the third day he rose, that death would hold, have no hold over us and that we might have life and life abundantly, this new life, this God life, this Zoe life in a sense, a relationship, not a religion, that every single day that we can do life in God, that we can talk to God, we can pray to God, we can open up the word of God and he can speak to us that we, we don't, we're, not, we're, not, we're not praying to a statue, a dead God, we have a living God who now says that because Jesus Christ prayed the price of your sins, he says, you now have become my temple and my presence is in your life. Relationship every day. And so Jesus rose and then Jesus gets his disciples together. And before he ascends into heaven in Matthew 28, verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is known, this passage, a portion of scripture is known as the Great Commission. This is where Jesus said to his disciples, here's what I want you to do. I need you to pick up my cause. And I need you to take my cause out into the world because my cause, the gospel, is the power of salvation. But it didn't stop there. Because if it just stopped with the disciples going out and making a bunch of disciples and it stopped there, then guess what? You and I would not be sitting here today. Because 
The disciples went and made disciples and taught them. And they went and they did what? They went and made disciples. And what did they do? They went and made disciples. And they made disciples. And just thousands of years. And then guess what? One day there was a 13-year-old boy that went to a youth camp. And a Messianic Jew, a born-again Jew, was sharing about the love of Abba Father. And a 13-year-old at the end of that message said, I want Jesus in my life. You see, and that 13-year-old boy was me. It took disciples who made disciples who made disciples to get to my heart. And does it stop now with me? No, no, no. I have turned around and do what? i got to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And yes, the news, my friend, so much to you. So much to you. Well, Pastor, I don't like Matthew 28. Can I just tear it out the Bible? Can I, can I take the great commission and make it the great omission? See, that's what the church has done. We've made it about Sunday. Let's just go to church on Sunday. Let's have fun and let's clap and, you know, let's, let's make the pastor feel good. Let's put a little offering in. Let's show up at this in one event and that's good enough. I'm, I'm good with God. God must be happy. No, no. He wants disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Well, pastor, you're preaching a little strong today. Yeah. <laughs> you see, our vision at Mountain Park is tied to the Great Commission. So let's just go down to us now a little bit. What is our vision at Mountain Park Church? It's very simple. What's our vision? Our vision is for you. You, what's our vision for you? To what? Realize your role in God's story. You see, this cause of Christ, this gospel, this power of salvation, you have a role to play in getting that message out. You have a role to play. Next week, we'll talk about God has gifted you. You have gifts that people, that you haven't even tapped into, that the Holy Spirit has put inside of you. You see, when God, when you give your life to Jesus, you're planted in a body, a family. And Paul says, some of us are the big toe. Some of us are the eye. Some of us are the ear. But we make one body. We all have different roles. And so yeah, at Mountain Park, if you're going to be all in, then the answer is this. I have to realize my role. My role in God's story. And we want to help you. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit about taking some next steps that are going to help you do what? To become a disciple and a disciple maker in the kingdom of God. There's some great things that the staff, Pastor Jan and myself and the team, we've been working on some great things the last few months and we're getting ready to kind of bring it. It's going to be amazing. We're so excited. But what's the goal? To have more classes? To have more things? No, no. The role is to what? To help you to come alongside you that you can realize your role because you have a role in God's story. Then what's our mission? You see, our mission is outside. Our mission is to what? Mission is inviting people to do what? To realize their role because there's people outside there they don't realize that they have a role in God's story. There are prodigals in the pig pen. There are people lost and hurting and don't even know. And they're, they're trying to find freedom and hope and they'll try all these crazy things. But there's only one thing, that can, that one, thing one person that can fill the void in the heart. And that's Jesus. But Paul says, how will they know if nobody tells them? Well, pastor, isn't that your job? Actually, you know what? Next week we'll jump into this. It's not actually my job. What? Are you kidding me? Isn't it your job to get people to Jesus? No, no. 
if Paul writes in Ephesians chapter four that my job as a pastor is to equip you for the work of what? Ministry. Ephesians chapter four, verse 11. We're gonna jump into it little, we're gonna jump into it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a minister. Some of you, no, no, you need, pump them up a little bit. You're a minister. Shake them. You see, as I'm up right now, I'm looking at probably 400 people here, maybe a few more. And I'm looking, I'm seeing 400 ministers right now in front of me. 400 movers and shakers right now. 400 people that can make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. 400 people that are gonna go tomorrow and go to your coffee shop, which I don't even know if you're a Starbucks or Black Rock or a Dutch Brothers. I'm gonna pray for you if you go to Dutch Brothers. That's, that's like getting a latte at McDonald's. Something wrong with that. Don't hate. This is God's house. We, we play nice. But when you go to your favorite coffee shop, I can't be everywhere at one time telling people about Jesus. I can't walk into your workplace and tell people about Jesus. I can't hang out at your kid's school game and tell people, they'll be weird. They lock people up for doing that. But you're a minister disguised as a parent disguised as a manager, disguised as a school teacher. You're a minister. We have a mission to invite people to realize their role in God's story. Some of you are wondering, what's the seats? Maybe Pastor Charlton's gonna lie down, jump on the seats like Tom Cruise did (laughs) at Oprah. Some of you remember that, it was crazy. I had four hours sleep last night. You gotta pray for me. But you know what, when I stand up here, I see some empty seats. See some empty seats. See, when I see empty seats, I don't, as I see with prayer cards, every card, it's, every prayer card, you hear me say this, every card is a life. Every seat is a life. Every seat, empty seats are empty lives that need Jesus. And I see some empty seats there that are waiting for an invitation. They're waiting for someone to leave this place and say, hey, come on, would you come to church? Well, I know immediately some of you are saying, well, Pastor Charlton, I wish I, wish I could preach the way that, that you do. Or Tim Berry, when Tim goes down to the homeless, he can, he can preach. Or Jose, you, Jose can preach to anybody. He just... He's just one. He hates it when I call his name out, but I love it. He, you know, I wish, I wish he's gonna beat me in racquetball next week. It's okay. But I, I, you know, look at these leaders and I can't, I can't share Jesus like them. Just start somewhere. You don't have to be like, you know, I don't want you to be bullhorn guy. Repent, come to Jesus. I can smell, I can smell hell on you. Like, how do you know what hell smells like? Have you been there? That's called pushing people away, not inviting them. Who wants to go to church when that's what you're doing? No, no, no. Well, pastor, make it easy for me. For some of you, this is the next step for you. Just go and like and share what we're doing at Mountain Park. Why? Because you share to your 50,000 followers because you live on social media (laughs) and you TikTok. Wear a, gr- a group up shirt and TikTok. I don't know, wear them, realize your role, do whatever. I stay off that stuff, but just, just like and share because somebody's in hurt and Jesus will use that. He can use that. 
But I want to take it another step today. I want to give you something that I staff packed. So you leave today. I want you to take this packet. There are seven invite cards here. It simply says this, you belong here. Because you know what? The truth is this. That's what God is trying to say to our broken world. You belong in my family. And so there are seven cards for seven days. Seven cards are seven lives. And if just one of them come, Scripture says if just one person repents, one person comes to salvation, all of heaven celebrates over just one. Maybe there's just one that you're going to give a card to. Well, pastor, you know what? I'm afraid because if I go and they say no. You know how many times people have said no to me? (laughs) Cussed me out, threw stuff at me. I've had it all. But here's something I want to share and I want you to capture this. I'll rather have a no on this side of eternity than one day stand in heaven and have my friend or neighbor or work colleague come to me and say, Charlton, why did you not tell me? And I have to watch as they get taken, ushered out the presence of God for all eternity. I'd rather have the no on this side here on planet earth than one day as they stand before God, why did you not invite me to church? Why did you not tell me? We're gonna get no's. But at least we ask the question. What does it mean to be all in? I wanna give you three things today. Number one, make it about God and others. See, Christianity is not about you. If your Christianity is all about you, then my friend, you've missed the mark. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. It's about his cause, not your ministry. It's about his cause, not your opinion. And it's about a hurting world that needs a savior. And Jesus said it's so great in in John 15, and I wanna go all the way to verse 13. Verse 13 of John 15, greater love has no one than this, what? To lay down one's life for one's friend. Jesus is saying, you, the greatest form of love is what I did for you. I laid my life down for you and I'm asking you to lay down your life for others. God, I wanna be all in for you. If I'm all in for you, God, I'm all in for others. It's not about me anymore. It's about the loss and the hurting. It's about making disciples who make disciples. I have a role to play in your story, God. And then number two, so number one, make it about God, make it about others. Number two, fasten your seatbelts. Fasten your seatbelts because some of you are gonna get offended now and it's okay. It's okay. But I'm gonna say this in love. It's time to get planted and not potted. Psalm 92 says this. Those who are planted in the house of God shall flourish in the courts of our God. You've got to find a home church. You've got to get planted. What happens? They flourish. They bear fruits in old age and they shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. You know what a, what a, a planted tree looks like? Let me give you a picture of a planted tree. 
Beautiful planted tree. We can get that up really quick. Planted tree. Looks beautiful. Green. Flourishing. I want your marriages to flourish. That's where you get it planted. Maybe Marriage Mondays is for you. I want you to get free of addiction if you're struggling with addiction, pornography, whatever. If you, I want you to get free. It's time to go to hope and get planted. Get planted so that you can begin to flourish and your singleness to flourish as a teen, to flourish. I want your kids flourishing. But the way you flourish, Scripture teaches, is you've got to get planted. Yes. See, yes, yes, Christianity in America is sad to say, but it happens every day. We have potted Christians. Well, I just can't believe Pastor Charlton. I can't believe he said that. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna pick myself up. I'm gonna go to the church down the road. <laughs> ah, their music is just too loud. There's too many young people on stage. Guess what? I'm gonna lift myself up and go 10 more miles down the road. Ah, oh, you know what? Too many hymns. <laughs> I miss the lights. So guess what? You know what happens? A potted tree can only go as far as what the pot will allow it. But a planted tree, there's no limits on the roots. It can go deep. I'm gonna offend you. Let's get over it. I'm gonna say something on a Sunday that'll offend you. I probably offended you now. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm trying to convict you that I want you planted because when you're planted in a house and you can deal with conflicts and things and you can be a mature believer when you have a problem with the brother, if you have a problem with me, come to me. If you have a problem with Pastor Jan, go to him. Don't sit with offended because if you get it, eventually you're gonna pick up your roots and leave and you're gonna miss out what God wanted to do in your life. See, it's not about me being right or wrong. It's about me trying to get you to be planted. If Pastor Greg Battle offended you, which is impossible, <laughs> please go to him. But you gotta get planted. And there's no perfect church. Because guess what? The minute you walked in, it wasn't. <laughs> the minute I walked in, it wasn't. God has a sense of humor. He sent a South African funny talking pastor to come lead Mountain Park Church. God has a sense of humor. There's no perfect church. There's only a perfect savior. But if you sit with offense and you pick your roots up and try and jump and jump, that's why when Christians jump from church to church to church, they never get planted. They never show fruit. And they never find their role in God's story. Proverbs says, iron sharpens iron. There will be sparks. But can we speak truth in love? Can we humble our hearts? Can we not make it about us and can we make it about Jesus? Yes. Can we get planted because planted trees, planted Christians flourish, yes. flourish. So number one, make it about God, make it about others. Number two, get planted, find a group, go to Alpha, go to Hope, go to Marriage Mondays, Find a men's Bible study. Come on, guys. Ladies, jump in a woman's. Find a co-ed group. Get planted. The next couple of weeks, we're gonna share stuff. It's not to get more classes. It's to grow you, to make disciples, to find your role. Get planted. And number three, sounds like I'm repeating it. Realize your role at Mountain Park Church. 
God has a role for you here. You have a part to play. You have something to bring. We'll talk more about it next week. You know, there's, um, if Greg, you can come out. There's a show in the 80s I used to love watching with my parents. And some of you are more experienced in life. You'll know this show. And so we're going to have a little tune, see if you can guess it. Shout it out if you know it. Louder. The love boat. Woo. I can't sing. The love boat. There it is. Woo. You know, uh, thanks, Greg. Give it up for Greg. <laughs> he'll be playing at the Blue Tile Lounge tonight. <laughs> I don't know where that's at, but he'll be there. <laughs> You know, sometimes we think that the church is just a love boat. Cindy and I, one of our favorite vacations is to go on a cruise ship. You know why? It's probably the best place for a pastor to go. No one can get a hold of you. <laughs> and it's too expensive to get internet on a cruise ship. It's a good place. We love it doing that. Cruise ships are beautiful. In fact, I have a picture of one if we could put it up. Isn't that beautiful? Pristine clean, amazing. God has not called his church to be a cruise ship. He's called us to be a battleship. See, there's a battle going on right now. Sometimes we forget. There's a battle going on for the souls of humanity. See, you might be a Christ follower today. Let me tell you something. The devil lost you. He's okay with that as long as you don't realize your role in God's story, as long as you don't help others realize their role in God's story, he's lost you, but he's thinking about all the people in your world that do not know Jesus. And so if he can get you on the love boat, baby, you're gonna miss your assignment. You see, if you look at the deck of a cruise ship, doesn't that look amazing? It's so fun. The first cruise I went and someone told me, you can have food at 3 a.m. I'm like, no way. <laughs> so guess what I did? I got up at 3 a.m. to go see if they had pizza. Cindy was sleeping. I got up and they were like, they had fresh pizza at 3 a.m. I was like, this is heaven. <laughs> you walk around and people are like, sir, do you need something? Nah. I feel like they're rich and famous. You can sit on the deck and have your virgin mojito. Notice, virgin. You, you get entertained. At nighttime, when you go into your room, it's so amazing. There are, your bed's made, and there's mints on your pillows. And you know what they do every night? They take the towels, and they make different animals. And so you walk in, you're like, what are we going to get tonight? An elephant, a kangaroo, a rabbit? See, on a cruise, it's all about... What can I do for you? How can I serve you? But let's look at the deck, the deck of a battleship. Everybody has a role. Even the guy painting the deck. Because we're on a cause. We're on a mission. Souls are in the balance. You see, these are not just invite cards. These are people whose, whose, 
The greatest decision is waiting for them to make. And there's an invitation that needs to come that says, you belong here. Realize your role in God's story. You see, some people don't realize that the invitation of Jesus Christ is for them. But how will they know unless Paul says somebody tells them? I want to close today with John, sorry, Luke chapter 22. Jesus is in the garden, Gethsemane, and he's praying. He knows he's about to go to the cross. He knows he has to die for your sin, my sin, sins of humanity. He knew the only way to the Father was for a perfect lamb, one who did not sin, to take the sin of humanity. He knew as he was on the cross that your sin and my sin would come upon him and that his father for the first time had to turn his faith. The holy, holy Abba Father could not look at his son because of the sin of humanity that would be on him. For a moment, his dad would turn. And he's in the garden praying. He's getting ready for this. And listen to these words. He's saying, Father, if you are willing... Take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. He's saying, God, is there any other way? Is there any other way we can do this? And he realized, he knew there was no other way. Only a perfect lamb could take away the sin. None of us are perfect, only he was. He knew there was no other way. And he says, not not my will, your cause to seek and save that which is lost. Not my will, God, yours. And an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. As he's praying to his father, he's so, so much stress, so much is on him that blood begins to drop as he's praying. You see, when he hung on the cross, blood was shed on the cross. You see, it's through the blood of Jesus Christ that our sins are forgiven. You see, you know why his blood fell? It fell for you, it fell for me. But it also fell for them for the ones that don't know yet and today I want to encourage you you're a minister you're a disciple of Jesus Christ maybe you're just new to Christianity it's time to pick up the cause of Christ maybe you've been a Christian for 30 years it's time to pick up the cause of Christ we're in we're on a battleship here at Mountain Park Church there's souls at stake Jesus is not coming back for beautiful buildings. He's not coming back for your theology. He's not coming back for your opinion. He's not coming back for my self-righteousness. Jesus is coming back for people. And once he comes, that's it. It's done. Let's find our role. Let's pick up the cause. Let's get on the battleship. Let's not make it about what I want at church. Let's make it about God and others. Let's get planted. Let's realize our role. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today.
Lord, I pray today that if there's any condemnation in any words that I've shared, that you would remove that, God. Because that's not my heart today, God. As a senior pastor of this church, my heart today is we have empty seats and empty seats are empty lives that need Jesus. There are people that are bound in addiction. There are people that are God thinking of suicide, people depressed, people that are hurting, people that are lost, people that are living lives of pride and ego, they're lost. And the reality is this, without Jesus, they don't go to heaven. There is only one way, Jesus. And I pray today that in my life and in all our lives that we'd pick up the cause of Christ, that we'd get on a battleship, not a cruise ship, that our hearts begin to break for those that we'll see at work tomorrow, the parents as we drop our kids off, the school teachers, our barista at our favorite coffee shop, God, break our hearts. Break our hearts. May we take the cards today. May we, may we invite like never before. We might get a no here, but one day in heaven, they can't say we didn't invite them. So God, change our hearts. So every eyes closed and head is bowed. Maybe today you're in this place. You've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Maybe you know about church and been in church for a long time. Maybe you've never been to church. Someone invited you today. And you say, you know, Pastor, when you spoke about sin and we all missed the mark of God, yep, that's me. I've missed God's mark. And you know what? Sin, sin just condemns me. Sin messes with me. And today I want that forgiveness. I want a new start on life. I want this relationship that you're talking about. You see, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. I'm talking about a God who loves you so much. It, you can't, we'll never fully understand it until one day we stand before him. A God who loves us so much that he sent his one and only son and in a garden. Blood began to flow through his sweat because he loved us so much. He paid the ultimate price. Jesus was all in. And maybe today for you, my friend, it's time to be all in with Jesus. It's time to say yes. It's time to say, I don't just want you to save me. I want you to be my Lord today. My friend, you can never be good enough. You can't earn it. We don't deserve it. You can play Christianity all day long. Still won't get you to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. For those of you online, I'm including you too right now. If you say, Pastor, today I want to say yes to Jesus. Maybe for the first time or maybe today I just realize I'm not walking with him, but I need to come back to him. Today's your day, as eyes are closed and heads are bowed, I'm gonna ask you, really quick, to slip your hand and say, that's me, pray for me, Pastor, and I'm gonna pray for you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank I see you, brother. Beautiful. It's the greatest decision you could ever make. Say yes to Jesus. Thank you, young man. Beautiful. Thank you. I see you in the back. Beautiful, auntie. Beautiful. Anybody on this side saying yes today? I just need to surrender today. I'm still number one in my life. He's, he's not. Well, today's your day. Today's the day to say, Jesus, I'm surrendering it all. You're number one. Thank you. I see you, brother. Beautiful. I see you, sir. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Pastor, why raise my hand? Because when, thank you. I see your hand there. When you raise your hand, you're raising your heart. Saying, yeah, Jesus. Beautiful. Hands going up everywhere. Let's do this. Eyes closed. No one looking around. This is God's doing some stuff here. Let's be sensitive. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Beautiful. Thank you. Come on. Beautiful. 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 See, we can be so going through all the things of church and still miss it. 
Beautiful. Let's pray. I want everybody to pray. Everybody. Nice and nice. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you today that you know me. You know me better than I know myself. And you love me. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins. That you rose on the third day. That I might have new life. A relationship with God. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sins. To wash my life clean. I thank you for a new beginning. I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. And I'm choosing on this Sunday to follow you. I can boldly declare that I am a child of God, that I am forgiven, that you are my God. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And my last breath on earth will be my first breath in heaven. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, let's give a hand to them. Beautiful. Beautiful. I see you back there. If you said yes to Christ today, maybe the first time or maybe... You're just coming back home. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your phone out really quick and I want you to text yes to Christ to the number 77411 online. You can do this too. You say, why do I need to do this? Because one of our staff, one of our team is gonna call you, pray with you, help you, give you the resources because you, when you come to Jesus Christ, you're planted in a family. And you need, sometimes you just need some people to get around you and help you take your next step. So please make sure that you go ahead and do that. As we get ready to give today, hey, young man, you're awesome. He's getting ready to preach. He's like, give it to me. Let me get up there. I'll take the offering. <laughs> Love it. This morning, as we get ready to give, giving is another way of saying, I'm all in. I'm all in with the vision. I'm all in with the mission that God has in and through Mountain Park Church. See, it's not just about our time. It's not just about our talent. It's also about our treasure. So I want to thank you today for partnering, for sowing, your offering, your tithes. It helps us to do more things, to reach out. There's so much that we do through your giving in touching and making an impact, not just here, but in the world. So thank you today for your faithfulness. Thank you for being all in. You know the ways to give. You can text to give. You can take an envelope and as you head out, there's drop boxes. You can drop that in. You can go online if you want to. You can set up automated giving, whatever the way, different ways to give. But Jesus said this in Matthew 6 verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things will be added unto you. If you study the context, he's saying, why do you worry? Why do you worry about this and worry about that? What to wear, what to eat? He says, God knows all of that and he cares, but put him first, and he'll take care of you. Father, we thank you today as we give. Thank you that you're gonna take this, whatever's given today, God, the faithful tither, the offering, and it's gonna be used to touch and reach more people for Jesus. There's nothing better to give to than those that will find eternity. We love you, Jesus. Amen.